All right, we're live and we're rolling, and this is The Real Venture. I'm your host, Peyton, joined by my cousin and business partner, Luke. And Luke and I are entering into the business world by starting a few companies of our own. So we decided to create this very podcast as a platform so we can ask other successful entrepreneurs the questions we need answered in order to help our businesses grow. Every single week, we are joined by CEOs, venture capitalists, artists, co-founders, and influencers, all with one thing in common, they're young entrepreneurs. The only thing I'm gonna need you to do is hit that subscribe button so you never miss a conversation. Every single Wednesday, Luke and I will be right here and we can't wait for you to join us. Hey guys, it's producer Cameron. This week, the guys head on Ricky Carruth. He's a renowned real estate agent and has a huge online following. He's got a really cool story. He made it all the way to the top and then lost it all and then he did it again. He was able to provide the guys with a lot of really good advice on how to turn a failure into a win and really looking at all things as positively as you can. Like us, he really understands the importance of failure and he stresses how you can turn losses into wins quickly. You can follow Ricky online on just about all the platforms at Ricky Carruth. He's very active on Instagram if you ever want to reach out to him. Enjoy guys. All right. Ricky, thank you so much for uh, for coming on today. Why don't you start by uh, telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I'm down in Alabama, around the Florida-Alabama line. Uh, been a real estate agent for 20 years. Um, had a lot of success. Uh, you know, lost everything, went bankrupt, sleeping in my car. Um, came back into real estate and uh, fought my way back up to being one of the top agents in the country. Wrote a couple books, spoke all over the world, and um, I'm still selling real estate. Still selling. I'm coaching. I'm writing. I'm speaking. Uh, all the above. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, sounds like you know, sounds like you have a, uh, you know, your your hands in a lot of different buckets there. What, um, you know, how do you how do you go about structuring all that? Your your priorities across the board there. Um, you know, what are you what do you focus on? What are you passionate about? Out of all those uh, all those things that you handle on a daily basis. Uh, really just helping people, um, you know, real estate agents primarily right this second, not to say that that's not going to branch into other, you know, areas, other industries, other, you know, types of uh, businesses and stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm just um, learning how to build a brand. Um, you know, back in 2017, I wrote the two books and started coaching for free and speaking and and all that good stuff. But I already built a great brand in my local real estate market as far as being a real estate agent. Um, coaching's a whole different ball game. Uh, it's a more of a global, uh, a global opportunity. So you have to approach it completely different than a local opportunity. Um, so it's really cool to have built that brand locally and then now be on more of a global level in a very niche industry. Real estate agents is a very niche industry. I mean, it's so small compared to the rest of the world. Um, so if I were say in a niche of personal finance or real estate investing, even, you know, I may have, you know, 500,000 to a million subscribers on YouTube. Um, however, with sticking to this real estate agent niche, you know, I'm in the 60,000 range, you know, subscribers. Um, but it's by design, um, you know, uh, uh just kind of one step at a time kind of deal. Um, you know, I don't know. I just, I just, you know, work, maybe, you know, maybe I could do things smarter, you know, however, I do believe in the power of compounding, right? Um, accumulation of, uh, relationships and, um, ideas and, you know, watching other people and stuff like that. So I'm passionate about, uh, you know, helping people and building businesses. 
So I do have my hands in mm-hmm. a couple different businesses and I'm learning how to use my personal brand to blow those businesses up. And um, it's, it's, it's really, it's really something else. Yeah. You know, one, so the, the whole premise of this, of this channel is, um, you know, inspiring young entrepreneurs to, you know, get out there, begin to fail our our followers are all fairly young. And so building a brand is something that's really important to them. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit about the process that you went through in, in building your brand and, and how you got it to where it is today? Well, I mean, like it's, you know, you, we, we have the power of the internet now. And uh, even even back in the day when that, before all that was even, even existed, um, as far as social media, like web 2.0, there was still web 1.0. Whereas you have emails and websites and stuff like that, you know, so, but at the end of the day, you know, what builds brand is original, consistent content, you know, over time and, uh, original just, you know, meaning that, you know, it came out of your brain and, uh, was something you were thinking. And when you start giving your opinions on certain things, um, that's when people really start tuning into you, you know what I mean? Where you start to differentiate yourself um, you know, out of the crowd. So I think, uh, you know, before you can even start talking about, okay, what kind of content are we posting? You've got to post, you, well, you have to have, a, you have to have something you're passionate about first that you want to become a brand in. Then you have to start posting consistently, right? And then once you have that foundation in place, then you start trying to figure out, uh, be more strategic about, you know, what you're posting and, and, uh, you know, how you're operating and, you know, what you're trying to do to hack the system, right? Because everybody's trying to grow, all right? And, and that, so that's a very noisy place. And so how do you hack the system in terms of getting in front of more people and, you know, finding those pieces of content within the thousands of co- pieces of content you have that actually resonate to a point of people wanting to follow you, wanting to DM you, wanting to engage with you, you know? And it's just a process and it takes a long time, but you do need to be everywhere. You know, you need to be everywhere on every platform every day. Um, you know, some people only follow iTunes, only look at LinkedIn, only, you know, do this platform or that platform. If you're not posting in every single platform, then you're losing somebody somewhere. You know, you're losing their interest, you know. So I have a, a podcast that hits every single day, seven days a week on all the podcast platforms, YouTube's every single day. Instagram several days, uh, several times a day, Facebook several times a day, um, every platform that you can imagine, you know, I'm hitting something every single day, uh, on every single platform. So, and it didn't just happen overnight. I did it in, in stages, you know, I, when I decided to do the coaching and really figure this social media thing out, you know, first it was Facebook, you know, and it took me several months to try to learn that then Instagram took me several months to kind of get some momentum there. Then I had those two things in place. Now I'm going to add YouTube to, to what I'm doing, you know, and I just kept adding layers on. It's not like I just started posting on every single platform day one, you know, I mean, at first I wasn't even doing a podcast, you know, so, um, you know, and whatever my content looks like now looks completely different than last year and the year before and the year before. And what it's going to look like next year is going to be totally different the year after that and the year after that. You know, it's always evolving, you know, you're always watching and um, trying to get better and trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work, you know, but the name of the game is original, consistent content. If you're not doing that, there's nothing else to talk about. 
All right. Yeah. Because it's hard. Well, it's only hard if you say it's hard, you know? Um, you, I mean, it's 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 not hard. You literally just, you know, put the picture on the air or the video and type something in and hit post, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I used to lay shingles for a living, you know, roof houses, and I worked on an oil rig. That's hard. Posting something on Instagram is not hard, okay? Um, and if you're if you care about something then you prioritize it, right? So if you care about, if you're passionate about what your personal brand is all about, you know, if you're passionate about helping other people, if you're passionate about building a brand that's going to turn into something, then then you prioritize posting every day. You prioritize that. It's just something that's second nature to you. You don't even think, I don't even think when I wake up and I go to the gym and then I start to settle into making sure everything is posted everywhere I want posted. That's just, I don't, that's just like breathing, you know what I mean? At that point. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, like I'll take things like this, you know, and I'll do Zoom calls with, with a bunch of real estate agents and, and, um, you know, have my live shows and I do, um, you know, all kinds of different things, right? And I'm about to be back on tour, um, you know, doing real live events, you know, going to travel all over the country and hit all these different places. That's going to create so much content because I have the actual speech itself. And then I have all those little conversations before and after people coming up to me, right. That creates all that more micro content, uh, you know, that just turns into so much content, you know, so I have editors, I have a bunch of different companies that do that edit a bunch of different things for me. And it's cool to have a bunch of different editors because they're creative in different ways. So I get a different look of what somebody took out of this piece of content and then this person spent spend it off in this in this way, you know, and I get a different I get I get I get totally I could get two completely different pieces of content out of the same raw footage, you know. So I like having multiple uh editors or companies doing the editing for me so I can get different um perspectives on what that content turns out to be, which is really cool. You know, so so I basically take raw footage and I just literally upload it all. And then I have guys that handle editing the podcasts, editing the YouTubes, editing the Instagrams, editing the uh, LinkedIn's and all the other things. OK, and then I get it all back to me um, in certain in, in, in certain manner, you know, that enables me to post it the way I want to post it, you know, so. I just basically do what I do in terms of doing podcasts like this and live shows and events and stuff, get the raw footage, give it to my teams, let them chop it up, you know, and then I take what they chop up and decide how I want to distribute that, you know? So it, it, the editing takes up a lot of time. I used to edit all my own videos and it's more than a full-time job. It's like having two jobs, just editing. It's like, you know, cause you're working day and night. It's a lot. So taking that off your plate really helps you expand 
you know, and like right now I'm not doing hardly any videos where I'm looking straight at the camera with something to say, right? I'm just literally documenting at this point because I'm so busy. I don't even have time to, to, to make a planned out scripted video where I'm looking directly at the camera, you know, too busy to do that right this second. So, you know, documenting and doing the, uh, the podcasts and, you know, all the different things to create all that raw content to come up with all. And the, the editors do a great job. You guys see it. I mean, they're doing, they do a great job. And then I decide when I want to post certain things. So that's kind of how I do it in a way where I have all the content that gets distributed, where it's just like massive amounts, you know, with very little effort on my part, you know, because I'm just documenting what I'm doing, letting someone else chop it up, posting it, you know, periodically throughout the day while I'm going through my day, handling my business. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so we've talked a little bit about, about what you do for business, but let's talk now, uh, from a personal standpoint of how you got here. So what have been some, you know, major milestones in your life, both positive or negative that have kind of led you to this point? Um, and you know, some lessons that you learned along the way. Well, when I got in real estate, well, I, I failed a history class in college and that's what kind of led me to get into real estate. And then I got in real estate, and I was 20 and I made a million before I'm 23 and lose it all in the crash. And I went back to roofing houses, sleeping in my car. I was working on an oil rig, uh, serving tables, eating out of people's refrigerators and stuff like that. And then I got back in real estate. So going through that moment, whereas I was literally standing right next to people who were 50 and 60 years old, going through the same thing, losing everything and having to start over at 50 and 60, I felt extremely blessed and grateful to have gone through that in my mid twenties and learned all those lessons, you know, cause that's not going to happen again to me. Some, you know, you never say never things can happen, but that's not going to happen. Like I'm never going to get caught financially. I'm always going to have, you know, plenty of cushion and I'm going to have, you know, you know, plus understanding the business, you know, like realizing that, you know, a crash doesn't mean business is go it goes away. People think a crash means now there's zero business and now we have to go do something else. Closings continue to happen every single day by the truckloads. Um, you just have to understand the flow, right, of the market and how things transition, you know. Um, and it's it's really true in any industry, you know, car sales and insurance and you know, even in crashes, people still need a car to drive. They still want houses. If there's a big enough crash, that means prices are going to come down and make things really attractive. The cool thing about supply and demand is in crashes is that, you know, prices are going to adjust to a place where people are still willing to buy, which means what? People are still willing to buy. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what that's what I learned through the through the crash is that, you know, I could have continued to crush it through all that stuff. I just didn't know. Right. I didn't understand. So when I came back and realized that and it was more about people than money and started focusing on just helping people rather than just closing deals, that's what got me to the to the place where by 2014, I was closing 100 deals a year and I've closed 100 deals a year every year since and I'm still selling. And um, in 2014 was a pretty dark moment for me where, you know, a lot of things had happened and I was drinking a lot and I ended up, um, you know, uh, completely quitting, you know, drugs and alcohol, you know, just cold turkey. Just one day I was like, okay, if I wake up the next day, if I wake up, if I wake up, cause I didn't think I would, 
if I wake up, then I'll never touch anything ever again. And I haven't. And, um, that was, you know, eight years ago. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for that, I would have never wrote a book. I would have never had the mental capacity to write a book. Now, would I have been making plenty of money? Yeah. Cause even during that time I was making a lot of money. Um, and I would have continued to do well on that front, but in my personal life would have continued to suffer. You know, I would have continued to be unhappy and stuff like that. So that was a big moment, you know, and really is one of the moments that kind of led me to, you know, to write the books and to start speaking and start coaching agents for free, you know, because without that, if I was still doing what I was doing back then, there's no way I would be doing any of this stuff, you know, there's no way I could get on stage and remember what I'm going to (laughs) say or, you know, have the guts to, you know, talk to huge executives or pitch ideas to different people or, stuff like that. So yeah, those are all pretty pivotal moments. Mm -hmm. Um, And so another kind of general area of question uh, that we like asking is around, you know, important people that, you know, either in history or that are around today um, that, you know, you look up to and and kind of the way we frame it uh, is if there's one person living and one person dead that you'd like to have dinner with, could be anybody, uh, who would those two folks be? Um. You know, um, I don't know, man. I, 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 you know, I'm a little different when it comes to like learning stuff because a lot of people read and go to seminars and listen to podcasts and stuff like that. And that's great if you're listening to this podcast or you read a lot and stuff like that. But I, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I mean, I've done a lot of it. However, you know, where I've learned the most is through educating myself through trial and error, you know, like, uh, actually doing the stuff and making the mistakes. That's where I've learned the most. And then watching people as they do things. Um, you know, and so as far as like having dinner with someone, you know, I I don't know. I don't know. Um, Gary V was a huge influence for me, you know, I guess, I mean, I guess, but you know, to be honest with you, you know, like my dad, my dad is just like such a huge influence uh, you know, on me and, uh, my grandmother who just died last September, you know, I'd love to have dinner with her. She was one of the most supporting, you know, people in my life, you know? So like I probably spun that a different direction, but you know, you know, if I could actually pick anyone living and dead, it'd probably be my dad, my grandmother, you know? Yeah, that's great. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, yeah, some people come on, they got, you know, very lofty, you know, whoever it may be. Elon Musk is a popular answer. None of that actually. stuff even interests me. You know what I mean? To have mm-hmm. dinner with some of those yep. Some of those people, you know. Um people put those those figures on this pedestal, you know, way up there. And um, you know, what I've realized is that, you know, these people really aren't any different than any of us. They're going to die just like we are, you know, once upon a time they were a baby, you know, who, who could not feed their self, you know, just like everyone else. Um, and, uh, there's definitely smarter people, uh, you know, more influential people, more uh, people that are more motivating, have more enthusiasm are, you know, incredible human beings. There's no doubt, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, would I turn down a dinner? with Elon Musk? No. Would I turn down a dinner, you know, with, with, uh, a sports hero of some sorts? No, absolutely not. 
you know, I'd love to be around some people like that. But would I care to do that over just having dinner with my dad and my grandmother? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. Um, you know, so you've, we, we've talked about, you know, how you've kind of, you know, started to, to build your success and, um, you know, trial and error has definitely been a big part of that, but do you have any, you know, habits or specific decision-making processes, things you do on a daily basis that help contribute to your success? Um, you know, what, somebody that's, that's in our shoes, who's just getting started, whether it be in real estate or just business as a whole, what are some little things that you do on a daily basis that, you know, help compound, you know, we talked about compounding earlier that compound into your success, man, you know, when it comes to daily routines and stuff, it's just always something that's evolving, you know, whatever I was doing like two or three months ago, I'm, I'm doing it completely different now. You know, it's just always changing, you know, the way that I do it right now is that I wake up at four thirty ish. I'm at the gym at five. I literally work out for an hour and a half you know, lifting for an hour and then jogging and stuff for 30 minutes or so. Um, and then I work on, uh, answering DMS. So I spend an hour to two hours a day, every day on, uh, answering DMS on Instagram, mainly answer those every day. And then I've got Facebook and LinkedIn that also keep up with. That's a big part of my day right there. And then, um, you know, from there it's like shower, breakfast, all that stuff. And then, uh, when I sit down to work, I, I first like check all my emails and look at yesterday's list of stuff as well as my schedule that I have in front of me. And then I've prioritized my day on one sheet of paper where I know what my priorities are. I know what my schedule is. I know the deals I'm working on. I know the people I need to follow up with. Um, and I have all that right in front of me. And then for the rest of the day, it's just straight execution. You know, whatever's on that list. Um, I was waking up at 4.30 and answering DMs first. I was answering DMs first for an hour or two and then working out, you know, so I've tweaked that around probably like two years ago. I started waking up at 430 because of the DMs before that. I don't even remember what time I was waking up a lot later. You know, as I grew, as my influence grew, the DMs continued to be to to pour in, you know, at a rapid, more rapid rate. And so I had to figure out how I was going to answer all these DMs because, you know, that's the key, really is the one-on-one interactions, you know, that's one of the, I think one of the most important parts of building your brand is the one-on-one interactions. And so I've created a scenario where everyone knows I answer my DMs, you know, that's Mm -hmm. part of my brand that I answer all my DMs. And so people feel comfortable, you know, sending me messages on Instagram and that just creates so much clout, you know, because I answer the messages and people know I care. You know, and so like, again, it comes back to accumulating and you're talking about compounding. The fact that I answer all those every day is just piling up the people in the world who know I care. You know, it's just accumulating people in the world who know I care, you know, and the larger that list gets, the better off that I'm, that my brand will be, you know, so that's a big part of it. Another part of what I do is, is just completely trying to shut down at five o'clock, you know, to just cut work off. Most people work till, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 at night, you know, and you just get burnt out so quickly. You know, you've, you've got to, Henry Ford did a test where he gave people 60 hours a week to do a task, which they did. And he did that for a couple of weeks. And then he gave them 40 hours a week to do the same task. 
And guess what? They figured out how to get it done in 40 hours, the same tasks, right? So they saved mm-hmm. themselves 20 hours there, right? So when you have a certain amount of time where it's like that's a dead stop, you're naturally throughout the day going to make sure you get everything done that you need to get done before five o'clock. And a lot of people, they know that they're going to allow themselves to work till six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 o'clock. And so they're not in a hurry to get stuff done, you know, because they know that they're going to work till then. But you could actually get what most people get done, takes them till 12 o'clock to get done. They could actually get it all done by five if they were in this mindset, you know, and then they could actually relax, get the same amount of production done, but also relax in the evening time. You know, spend time with the family, do something recreational, something to get your mind off things and really recharge and then come back in the morning and be, it's kind of like going on vacation for 10 days. You know, when you come back, you're like really fired up. I like to try to recreate that every day, you know, like go into like a vacation mode in the evening, whereas that next day, it's not the same as going away for 10 days, but I try to recreate that to a certain extent, right? Where I get up and I'm just excited because I've recharged. You know what I mean? When did you start? When did you start doing that? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to assume that you used to work to, to 10 o'clock at night and, you know, grind all day. Kind of when did you make that transition? Uh, You know, who knows? Like pinpointing it wouldn't be the easiest thing ever, but um, it's just something that evolves, man. You know, like I say, it's it's an evolution. It's not a it's not a dead stop. Anything. Everything's always about tweaking a little here, tweaking a little there. You know? Yeah, I. uh I definitely, you know, used to work till midnight and stuff. And it's like when you're in the beginning stages of something and your entire being is just to make whatever you're doing work, you know, it's kind of hard to stop yourself from working till midnight, you know. And, and, and I, don't, I don't like a lot of new agents come in and work till midnight. I don't, I'm not hard on them for that. You know, that's part of the process. I mean, people have to go through that, Um, you know, but once you understand, you know, the business and you've got you've got some momentum and you have systems in place and you kind of understand the pace that you need to be at as far as lead generation and closings and how the flow needs to happen to keep that consistent amount of business to hit your overall goals long term. You know, then you've got to start dialing in. How do we maintain this pace? Because you can only work at that pace where you're working to midnight for so long. You know, it's not going to last forever. When you're younger, it's good to take advantage of that. Like I used to, I used to get up at seven, work and roof houses, right? Till five and then go to a restaurant and then serve tables till like midnight and then go out and party till like three when the bars close and then go home and go to sleep at four and then wake up at seven. And I was fine. I mean, I could do that. I did that for months and months and months. Um, that's called being young, right? I could do, I could do that back then. I, there's no way I could do that now. Right. Um, so, so sometimes taking advantage of the moment when you are young, where your where your body can actually handle that, you know, maybe take advantage of that, you know, but as you get older, you've got to transition into a place where you can maintain the highest amount of production, right, uh, against a pace where you don't get burnt out and you actually enjoy life to a certain extent. Yeah, Definitely. Um, and I think another kind of interesting point you've already brought up 
but uh, but you know, learning by failing, learning by making mistakes, and all those you know kinds of things. Um, are there any sort of key failures that you've experienced? I know you've touched on some things uh, earlier, but um, that you would say either like were very pivotal in your understanding, or things that you know maybe you look back on now and are really glad happened. Uh, but any key failures in your life? Man, there's been a bunch. Man, I I, I fail every day. I mean, I'm I'm failing every day. That's what I do for a living is just fail. Okay, <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, I don't know, man. Like people say, it must be nice to be you, Ricky. You've got all these multi-million dollar businesses, and you're selling a hundred properties a year, and you have this influence on social, and you've got a nice family and an awesome house, and all this stuff, you know. But the thing is, is very few people can stomach the failure that it took to get here on a daily basis. Um, very few people can stomach, you know, the, um, you know, like handling, like multitasking, uh, you know, getting pulled in 15 different directions every second. A lot of people can't compartmentalize things in a way where you can totally focus on this one thing while all these other things are going on. You got to be good at not worrying. Too many people worry. And that worry is holding them back. It's one of the biggest problems out there, that and lack of confidence. But the worry thing's massive and nobody really talks about it. But, you know, worrying about if this is going to happen, if that's going to happen, or worrying if, you know, this deal is going to work out or not work out, or um, worrying if someone likes you or how this call is going to go or whatever the case may be, you know, we're worry, 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 worry. And we only have so much mental capacity. You know, and that worry eats up so much of your mental capacity, you know, and, and it's holding you back from doing so many other more productive things when the things that you're worried about aren't even going to happen. 95% of the things you worry about never happen. And 5% of the things you worry about happen. And when they do, you can take care of those things when they do happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So therefore, why worry? You can worry about 100% of nothing. You know what I mean? You could literally worry, worry about nothing. And then the 5% of things that happen that you could have worried about, you can handle them when they happen and put those fires out and deal with them as they come. Too many people are just out there worried about stuff, right? And then that that come that breaks down to a lack of confidence in their self and their business and their industry, you know, and then it just kind of trickles down from there and you just have this drooping <laughs> negative uh, yeah. vibe happening, you know, but you know that, that you, I mean, it's very cliche, man. It's very cliche. The winners of the world, I mean, so many of them say it over and over and over again, but they all have failed to such high degrees in their lifetime, you know, everybody, you know, uh, and, 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 and all winners will tell you that you turn those failures into wins. Like, for example, with real estate, you know, real estate people, they go on listing appointments or they, they show property or whatever. And then maybe their client, that client goes and uses a different real estate agent, right? And does a deal, but uses a different real estate agent and it hurts them so bad. And they sit around sulking about it and talking about it. But what they don't get is that, and this can be applied, you know, with a lot of things, but what they don't realize is that by that client going and using a different agent, they literally did you a favor because they gave you future time back that you can now spend to go do other more productive things. If that client would have moved forward with you, let's just say you're spending 
20 hours on that deal over the course of the next two months, let's say you spend 20 hours or 10 to 15 to 20 hours, right? Let's just say 10 hours, be on the low side, 10 hours over the next 60 days that that client just literally handed you on a platter. Here, here's 10 extra hours, right? Here's 10 extra hours of future time. Time's our most valuable asset, right? Another cliche idea. And they just gave you 10 hours back. And you're sulking. You're using the 10 hours to sulk and talk about why did this happen to me when you could be using the 10 hours to go do five more deals. You can literally take a loss deal, take the future time you get back, and then go produce five more deals out of that and take one and turn it into five. Take one you lost and turn it into five. And this is how you can multiply your business quickly. You know, get out there and lose a bunch of deals, get a bunch of future time back and go turn those into five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten deals a piece. So I don't know, man. I when you look at it, there's always a way you can look at glass half empty, half full. You know, you can you could spin any situation any way that you want into a super positive or a super negative. You know, it's just it's just your perspective. And do you think it's it's worth it for everybody? You know, because I definitely agree with that. Every situation can be framed as a positive even very negative seeming ones. Um, you think it's worth it for everybody to just look at these situations as as good things, even if they're, you know, on the surface not, it's just better for them mentally or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. Like somebody needs to expose people to the fact that these these failures are actually like hugely positive moments for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. That's what we need to do. We need to start a movement where, you know, where you expose you know, we need to spin this in a way where people understand how positive these failures are for them, you know, and how necessary these failures are, you know, because you learn something, but then you get all this future time back. What can you go do with it? Yeah. You know, it's massive. It's massive. Yeah. And that's exactly why we're trying to start the uh, hashtag fail with us idea. Um, and that's, you know, something that we kind of want to, that we're trying to push on this podcast because we want everybody, like you said, to, to go out and lose a bunch of deals or, or make a bunch of mistakes. So they learn and, and, you know, shift that perspective, uh, going forward into the future. Um, uh, you know, another, uh, another kind of interesting question that we like to ask is, you know, obviously you, you do a lot. Um, but let's say, you had to, uh, to completely start over in a, in a different career field. Um, you know, what would it be? You can't, you can't go back into real estate. Um, you know, what are some other passions you have or interests in the business world? Man, building the personal brand is, is the most attractive to me, right? Even if it's just to be kind of like a motivate motivational speaker slash business strategy consultant kind of thing, you know? It's it's just amazing to me. Like like for example, you know, I I'm I'm going back on tour starting in Miami June 30th and I did one Instagram post that I was going to be there and that I'm starting my tour there and over 600 agents registered for this thing within a matter of, you know, 24 to 48 hours there was over 600 agents registered to go to this thing just off an Instagram post which by the way doesn't get a whole lot of organic reach. Mm-hmm. You know, so the uh, it's so interesting to me to see, you know, the way that consistent content, original consistent content over time, and building an audience and building a community of people, 
uh, who know you and trust you, right? They realize you're a hard worker and that you're honest and you really want to help. It's amazing how powerful that is and the different things that you can do with that, you know, to even expand to help even more people, right? Because when I go do the event, you know, there's going to be people that become exposed to me that never heard of me before from the event. Maybe some of my followers said, hey, you need to come see this guy or whatever. And now I have a whole new group, right? Mm -hmm. So something down that path, right? Something down that path, uh, writing books, um, speaking, um, just continuing to be an influencer and trying to positively influence the the world, you know what I mean? And expose them to things that they never thought of, like the future time concept from losing deals. The fact that business is unlimited for every single person in whatever industry you're in. There's no shortage. There's more than you can ever handle, right? Which when you break all that down, comes down to another key philosophy, which is that competition doesn't exist. Right now, the competition is literally nothing, right? And you're literally just dealing with yourself to become a better person, right? And continue to put that consistent work in. So, there's a lot of things, but that's what that's what interests me the most. You know, is to continue to be an influencer and help people. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about we how about we jump into kind of like the commencement speech stuff? Um, you know, if you if you were asked back you know, to, to a university, give a speech, you know, you, you came back and they said, Hey, can you talk to our grads? What are three things you would tell those new grads about, you know, life? Well, you know, most young people are so focused on money, you know, they're just so focused on the money aspect of this. And if they only realize that money is not the only currency, you know, um, having attention, like having an audience, having a community, um, building a brand, is worth way more. There's so many things you can do, you know, and, um, you know, whatever business that you're in, if you use that career, you know, and that business and your service that you provide as a vehicle to actually help people, like, for example, with real estate, you know, the moment that I quit focusing on closing deals and just actually listening to why people want to buy or sell, the backstory, what's going on in their life that's leading them to this decision to buy or sell something. Cause they don't just wake up one day and say, I want to buy or sell property, mm-hmm. you know, for no reason. You know, there's like they they had a kid, somebody died, they lost a job, their kids went to college. Like something's going on behind the scenes in their life that's way bigger than the transaction. And when I started to tap into that and help them with that situation as opposed to just the transaction part of this. When I started to tap into people's real motivations of why they're trying to do stuff and really relate to them and help them there, that's when everything started to happen for me. Um, I, I was closing a lot of deals before I lost everything. But there again, that's why I lost everything because I was so focused on deals and I didn't realize that markets come and go, but relationships stay forever. Right. And people, you know, um, as the market shifts, prices go down becomes more attractive to some people who have money, who want to take advantage. We need to be there to help them take advantage of those opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I think if I went back to a university to talk about something, it would be around the lines of, you know, valuing, you know, people and relationships over transactions and, um, you know, and try to understand that, you know, your database, your following, it needs to be massive 
right? And you need to have a system in place where no one ever forgets who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So I could I could expand on that so many different directions. You know, if I went and did a speech for a university, I could really craft an incredible speech you know, around those ideas. Mm-hmm. Well, the the last question that we ask every single guest, and it's it's my personal favorite because it can just go a million different ways too. Um, but just simply, why are you an entrepreneur? Uh, it's just in my blood, man. I, uh, I'm built for it. Um, I have really thick skin. You know, I've six, I, yeah, yeah. I, I lost everything and came back and did the same, the same career. I mean, I don't know many people that would have come back to do the same thing after what I went through. I just don't stop. I mean, if you have that, if you have that drive that you just, nothing's going to stop you, you know, you're just never going to give up no, no matter what, that's kind of what you have to have if you want to be an entrepreneur, because you're going to have plenty of moments that, you know, will, will, will chew you up and spit you out. Um, And unless you have some thick skin around it and some real patience, you know, very few people do, Mm -hmm. very few, very few people can actually take it. You know what I mean? So I can take it and um, I can hang with the best of them. And, uh, you know, I just, I feel like, I feel like I, I, I watch a lot of these entrepreneurs like like the Grant Cardones and the Gary V's and the, the Ed's and the uh, Russell Brunson's and the Tony Robinson's and all, all these kind of guys. And I look at them and of course, there's some that are way smarter than me. You know, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not putting myself on a pedestal at all, but as someone who is definitely an underdog who grew up in Alabama roofing houses with my dad, I feel like I watch those guys speak and I'm like, man, I can beat them. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just I just feel it inside of me that I can beat them. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Only time will tell. Right. Yep. You know, talk is talk is cheap. All right. Awesome. Well, Ricky. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, and then, you know, now is about the time where we're going to ask you to pub any of your socials, anything that you want the people listening to this uh, to, uh, you know, get involved, follow you along with. Yeah, absolutely, man. Listen, I'm everywhere. You can just Google me, <laughs> Ricky Carruth, on any platform, whatever your p- favorite platform is, you know, just find me there. Instagram's the best place to, to reach me. If you want to message me, say hello you know, ask a question or anything, answer those daily. So definitely reach out there. If you want to connect on a one-on-one level, you know, I'd love to connect with you. All right, guys. Hey, first off, once again, just thank you so much to Ricky for coming on. I know Luke and I both really enjoyed that conversation. There are a lot of takeaways from this episode for sure, but I think the most important thing is the idea of just not giving up and, and pushing through. I mean, Ricky is a living testament of never giving up. He was at the top. He lost it all, hit rock bottom, you know, up against the rope, so to speak. And the dude clawed and fought his way back up to the top. And I think that that is incredible. And I think that there's a lot of lessons that we, you know, covered in this episode of, of things that you can take away. So, you know, this was something that, that we really enjoyed doing. Um, you know, we're, we're really excited to continue to, you know, our relationship with Ricky and, and see where things go from here for him. Um, you know, can't wait to, to watch him and, and, you know, cheer for him because he's, uh, he's now part of the family and, uh, 
you know, once again, if you guys have any questions uh, for for Ricky, dude is extremely active on on Instagram. So so hop out there and shoot him a shoot him a DM if you have any questions about entrepreneurship, failure, or or real estate. The dude's an open book, and and he'll be able to to talk you through all that. Keep it real, everybody. All right, guys. If you want to continue this discussion, follow us on our social media. Our Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebooks will all be in the description of this episode. Hop on there, shoot us a DM, hit us up with whatever concerns, questions, comments that you guys have. We'd love to uh, to continue to build that community on there next subscribe to wherever you listen itunes spotify google amazon uh, overcast you name it we got it we also have a youtube channel now so hop over there and subscribe to us all the clips that we post on social media will be there as well plus uh you know a couple little extra ones for uh, for the real fans out there so we appreciate you guys next please leave a rate and a five star review it helps us out tremendously because of you guys' support we already cracked the top 150 for business and entrepreneur podcasts and i think that we can crack the top 150 here real soon with your guys' continued support. Lastly, reach out to us if you're a young entrepreneur and you'd like to share your story on the podcast. We'd be more than happy to ask you some questions because we know that it's going to be a great learning experience for us. 